Hello and welcome to Down Syndrome Radio, episode number 7, July 22nd, 2012. We're here to talk about parenting children with Down Syndrome, uh, from a dad's perspective that is. My name is Mark Owens, I'm here with my good friends Jason Kosky and uh, Rich Cosmo- uh, Rick Kosmalski, and uh, we want to give you the big conference update. How's it going Jason? Very, very good, how are you? I'm doing just fine buddy, a little tired. Yeah, I bet. Rick and I were talking busy, busy before the show huh? about about how exhausting the whole thing was. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. And you get to watch the whole thing from your couch. <laughs> in in um, you know hour long increments, though not a whole weekend burst. Right, right. Yeah. And if your kids are being bad, you can just stop. You can yeah, pause. Pause. <laughs> uh, Rick, welcome to the show, buddy. Second time. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be uh, glad to be here once again. Yeah, it was. It's like a, it's like a week's worth of stuff in uh, crammed into two days. So physically and mentally exhausting, but awesome at the same time. Yeah, I feel like I missed quite a bit of it, you know. And and you can read through it, and you could just see, you know, how much there was. And I I, I didn't I didn't really try to consume everything I could. I, I know I know my wife did, um, but we 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 got a lot of it. We did pretty well. Hey, we got to be commended. You made it that far. You got three kids with you, so yeah, it's only two hours away. <laughs> Next time is in Denver, Jason. You gonna be able to make that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's right near um, that super cool uh, Linda Cernick place as well, right? Right. And so it's the tie-in with the Global Down Syndrome Foundation. Right. Got it. I met a lady. Yeah, fo- I'm sure, we're, we're in. I met some fine folks from Denver while we were swimming in the pool earlier today, and uh, I was like, oh, so we're staying at your house, right? She goes, oh, you know, this is a big family reunion. Anybody would be welcome. <laughs> I didn't get her email, but I think she actually was serious that she probably would have let us stay there. Of course, she hadn't met all of my family, just <laughs> All right, so you want to go through this methodical at all, or what's the what's the plan here? I, I, I got my thoughts. Uh, Rick, you got your thoughts, and Jason, you got questions, right? Absolutely. Uh, why don't you start with your questions and your and your and, and your streaming? I think that part's pretty cool. Oh well, so I I signed up for the live streaming, and um, it was very easy, very very simple, um, relatively inexpensive. I think it was thirty five dollars for I, I believe it's I believe there are nineteen sessions that are um, available, nineteen workshops. Um, that are available on live stream and, and it's kind it's kind of, um, confusing that they call it live stream because it's, it's available. If you sign up and pay the money, you can watch them online, uh, until I think they're available until June of next year. So, you know, you can watch them at any, uh, that, that originally I, I, you know, cause a lot of it was on Friday or Saturday during the day, and it's very hard to get at a computer for that whole time. So I, I originally wasn't going to sign, and then I read everything up, and I saw that, that they were available until June. And, and I emailed the NDSC and just asked if, if everything was available uh, and, and recorded it's, and it's, online. It's kind of like buying yes. the DVD or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. And and that then I got really jazzed up, and I said, oh, absolutely, I'm going to sign up for this. And well, we that kind of makes it. sense, even if you went to it. Yeah, sure. But you can't—you sure. can't possibly go to everything, you know. Yeah, and even if you did see it, you know, see it a second time, you definitely pick up things you missed the first time around. What you didn't take um, impeccable notes, Rick? You know, like I did. I took pages. Well, they, they give you this compendium, right? You guys mentioned, it, and it's huge, <laughs> right? Every single slide from every single presentation. So that—that's a lot of stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, and, and and I did not take good notes. My wife mocked me for my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and signing up um, for the live stream, you get you get uh, the virtual compendium as well, which which I think is all the slides of of every presentation that's available online. Right. It's so. like a, it's like a million PDFs or a PDF for each for each. Yeah, session. it's like a couple hundred page or no, a hundred page PDF. Wow. Well, you get to save trees, man. You can read them on the screen. I do know if anybody's listening and gets that, um, if you have more questions about the particular thing you're watching, that you can, they, they usually mention their email address of whoever the presenter is. And at least the, the sessions I was in, they would say, oh, this wasn't included in the stuff that was handed out, so just send me an email and I'll send you the updated version of the presentation or whatever additional slides or worksheets are working off of. So... Uh, a lot of the presenters are really open to sharing all their material. Yeah, I want I to talk about that for a little bit. This, this was my overall impression was, you know, uh, the one comment somebody made that this was the largest family reunion or whatever was I, I, I totally got that vibe. I, I had no idea how many people this was going to be. It was so many people. And it was it really was like being at a family reunion. It was like, yeah, I know I'm probably related to you somehow, so I can talk to you because, you know, very comfortably, but, you know, maybe I've never met you before. <laughs> so you meet people, people in the elevator, on the escalator, you know, you overhear people who are lost. You say, oh, no, that session's in this spot or whatever. Uh, it definitely, definitely felt like that. And all the presenters were like that. I mean, they were just out to help the kids. That was it. It was the whole reason of everything. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, I go so how, how many people were there? Because that's the one thing you can't get a feel from from the live stream of, of like the size of the audience. Because mostly it's just kind of centered on the on the stage or the presentation area. Do you have an answer, Rick? I might, my, my wife told me a number. I don't know if it's right or not. Uh, I think it was a couple thousand. But yeah, I, she said three thousand. Yeah, three. Th I did hear it's um, the, the, they have a conference for youth and adult uh, people with Down syndrome. And they had like 325 self-advocates in that. And uh, they had the, the front rows of the general con uh, sessions roped off for them today. So uh, really, uh, you know, a, a lot of, of self-advocates there, which was fantastic. I don't know, Mark, this probably is the, you know, this, for me anyway, the, the, the conference where the most people with, you know, a Down syndrome that I've ever seen in one place was. And it did really feel like a family. It was a pretty cool feeling. That, that was another part of it for me. You know, as a newer dad, you know, uh, I was people watching. I'll be honest, you know, mm -hmm. and it was pretty cool. It was really cool. And, you know, you know, it was even more eye opening. It was more eye opening for my for my older two children who were, you know, they're they're understandably a little bit uh, shy, you know, around around some of the children there. But, you know, we were getting over it. We were in the pool swimming with some of these kids. You know, we meet them in the in the um, um in the lobby or you know while we were doing the silent auction and uh i think they kind of they kind of got it i i don't know but that that overall feeling of just kind of being among friends I, I go to a lot of conferences for work that are technical they're much smaller and you know i'm not saying anybody's mean but you know we're all there for business my competitors are there you know the person will go and they'll and they'll give their presentation but you know their 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 time is worth money to them so you know you ask your questions but you can't really push it um, but I, these these people were all they were all about helping kids. Awesome. The openness and friendliness of people there is amazing. And you walk into the opening session, and and the uh, the president of the NDSC is saying, you know, you're going to learn something, you're going to meet new friends, you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you're going to have a party, and uh, 
it, all those things come to fruition and, and you you find yourself not even thinking the next you turn around and you're talking to somebody just you know it's, it's called the convention in the convention is how they refer to it just uh talking to people and making new contacts and hearing about other people's stories and uh i'm sure you have right, some things that the, the, that uh, instance mark so so there, there, there were so many things different things going on at the same time like the different tracks or whatever you know i was there for you know kids between you know two to five or whatever but you know there was the youth and adults there was you know uh, the kids camp the youth and adults was i guess all of the self-advocates themselves they went on different things and the and the, and the, and the brothers and sisters they went on tours of dc or you know they they, they they had a whole list of activities i don't even know what they were right but then you know there were a lot of tracks that were for for parents of older children then there was the the actual uh, exhibit hall you know then there was the kind of the banquet stuff going on at night there was the plenary sessions where they were kind of going through the business. There was the film festival stuff, which I didn't see any of. It was, I mean, I got one-fifth of what was going on. All right. So uh, any questions about that, buddy? Jason? Well, so how did you, like, decide on what to, what to do if there's so much? Well, you know, my wife and I are engineers. We had a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> So did you guys stay together the whole time, or did you split up? And, oh and no, we we split up, uh, yeah. and and we did. We 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 strategized. You know, we went through and we starred the ones, and we, when we switched books, and we said, okay, you know, these are the top three we want to go to, you know, and then you know we made a decision as to who was going to be at what, and we made the further decision as who was going to bring the posse and who was not, because mm, we had the yeah. posse with us the whole time, and they were good. That's kind of my biggest worry, I think, or or biggest, you know. Pro- problem or something the the bringing the kids to everything and actually being able to focus and and learn everybody had kids with them there really? were mothers feeding babies there was kids sleeping strollers everywhere there were kids and siblings or whatever in the corner coloring it was a bit of a distraction but you know all the presenters were, were almost to everything i would say i can't think of one that wasn't a parent his or herself you know uh, yeah. So, you know, the understanding level of that, at least I thought was high. Uh, my children were better behaved than usual, which is still isn't that great. <laughs> there was a lot of book reading and, uh, and and screen watching. My kids didn't get the best weekend from that standpoint. You know, they got to play with the iPad or whatever most of the time. Um, but, no, they were pretty good. But every, everybody had that problem and everybody dealt with it together. Uh, you know, I think once you get to know more people... You know, maybe you share babysitting or, you know, some people had relatives. We thought we were going to be able to pull something like that off where, you know, somebody would come in and play with the kids in the hotel room. But uh, that, that, that didn't work out for us. Um, I kind of wanted my older kids to see some of this stuff that even though they weren't really paying attention, it would kind of come in by osmosis. No, it, it, it worked out all right. <clears throat> I mean, you, you'd have to, well, you'd either have to suck it up and bring them or... I don't know. That, that, that That's what Kim and I's discussion was. Last time she went to Orlando, she, just she went, and I stayed home with the kids. And then she could go to everything she wanted to. Uh, this time we all experienced it. And maybe we'll alternate. I don't know. It's definitely worth it for us all to go, but it, it was a little hectic. Do yeah. you know if uh, you or Kim considered the kids' camp option? I know that thing, that filled up, so it yeah. wasn't available for everybody. We signed up too late. Uh, we... we we probably would have, maybe if you have a recommendation of whether you liked it or not, uh, it was kind of expensive. It was, I think, $30 a session per kid. Yeah. So, you know, $90 times, I guess, three sessions. It was a morning and afternoon and another morning. 
uh, you know, that would have added up to another 300 bucks to us. So, uh, but still, we didn't sign up in time. We, like I said, we thought we were going to have a, 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 some, 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 some family come into town and help us out, and, and it didn't work out. And I would have liked to know, in the kids' camp, you know, I don't know, are they just going to sit there and color? Are they just going to watch their, their, their video games in there? In, in which case, why am I doing that, you know? Yeah, I'm looking forward to reaching out to people to hear how that went, too, because we were too late for that also. Um, I only had one kid with me, though, so it was a little bit easier. Um, but Did you bring her uh, to all the sessions? And, and yeah, Kayla went to everything, and, um, you know, she was uh, doing the same kind of thing. You know, we, iPads books we, we bring a, a book bag and a blanket so she like laid on the floor or sat in a chair and colored or uh, you know played games on the ipad and well, some of them were the, the apps that they were talking about in the sessions it seemed like every every uh, workshop had an ipad app that was associated with it to one sure, degree or another yeah. so uh so did, did you and you and your wife split up to cover as much ground as possible like we did yeah, and this is my fourth time going through these, and uh, same thing, divide and conquer. And yeah, I actually had my parents come for Saturday, the second half, and Sunday, and we even used them to uh, go to something for us to take <laughs> some notes or just give us what they could get out of it. Cool. So, very we, cool. We had yeah. a lot of texts going back and forth, you know, like if you went to something and it wasn't very good, that you could have like your, your backup alternate and bail and switch out. <laughs> I, I did do that. I did that once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like a blind date you know you gotta get the fake phone call or whatever there wasn't any of that they were all good but uh we were uh-huh. we were prepared in case yeah i mean yeah you can you get that vibe immediately well some of the rooms you walk into and there's a lot of people man so it's it's full and you may not be able to fit in there to see it so yeah there was a lot of that uh get there early is is the advice for a lot of the things that happen at the convention you know if you want to hear about something get there early i didn't follow that getting up and getting out was, was difficult in the morning. So, do you want to talk about some of the some of the sessions? I, I know we both went to the legislative one to start with. Do you want to, you want to talk about that one? Sure. Uh, so, uh, first thing Saturday morning, eight thirty, legislative update uh, with uh, Susan Goodman, who's the uh, policy lead for NDSC, and uh, she was just going through uh, the key uh, legislative initiatives out there, as well as uh, just like a basic understanding for everyone. She, uh, she, it's a lot. She was good. I mean, she she didn't get into the details, but I was kind of judging her for the kind of the position that she's in. I thought she had just the right personality for that. You know, a bit of a a bit of a bulldog, but friendly, and you know, uh, newer stuff. I liked her. She's she's. I think she's a wonderful person too, and yeah, she has a lot on her shoulders. Uh, looking at all the, the organizing, the effort for people to take action. So uh, Susan Goodman is also the person you'll get an email from if you send, uh, sign up for action alerts on the NDSC website. Um, but, yeah, she went over the ABLE Act, and she went over No Child Left Behind at ESCA, uh, the, what is IDEA, IDEA, um, and a bunch of other uh, legislative updates that are up there that we could spend a whole podcast talking about um but uh you know it's just talking about the core things that we want for our kids you know we want uh education we want them to be able to be financially stable we want them to be independent and these are all of the things associated with that there were a couple things i took out of that um were that uh, uh okay so there's idea there's this you know these these statutes and rules but you know, different um, counties or county school systems were very high performing. 
and you know they really wanted their test scores to kind of bear out that they were you know they were be very high uh functioning or whatever getting high scores and that there was this i wouldn't say it's sly or anything like that but this move to get waivers and to get kids uh with disabilities into kind of a different statistical group uh as part of their no child left behind and the scoring and the you know all of the all of the standard standardized testing that they were taken and there were some warnings about that to make sure with your kids and the one i took home was to keep your kid in the um uh the diploma track as long as possible and that was kind of a key thing that uh, you know i'm not that close to but i want to i want to make sure to pay attention to as uh, as time goes on you're right on. So the term there is uh, the alternate assessment. So if you hear them talking about alternate assessment, and that's um, you know rating the performance of your child in Delaware, it happens as early as like third grade. You have to just you they ask you, do you want your kid to continue on the normal track or on the alternate track for testing and standardized testing? And if you proceed down the alternate track, then you cannot get a high school diploma. So it, it's a it's a something that pulls right at your heart um, for this particular issue and they're trying to stress the fact that you want to keep your kid on the regular track and the regular standardized testing despite the school district which will probably be pushing you to go to the alternate well i I think that they'll try to even sweeten the deal on you and say oh you know we'll give you these extra services and if you go this track then you can you know have access to this or that i think there was going to be some some temptation there yeah, and, and that's all for the fact that they're trying to, uh, you know, there's a group of people that are getting standardized test scores, and that reflects back on the school. And if you go through this alternate testing, your your score is not included uh, in that larger cumulative score for the school. So, it, it's important. It's important to continue and and stay inside that because that's what gets counted. So, what the big thing she was also talking about in that session is what gets measured gets addressed. So, um, you know, why not have a real picture of what's really happening? Um, you know, our kids can could do just as good as any other kid if, with the right amount of help and assistance. Um, so why take that away from them without uh, giving them a fair shot? Exactly. My kid's going to kick butt. Right. And uh, I, got two, I got two older kids that are going to peg the charts, too. So my family average is going to remain high no matter what. <laughs> All right. So uh, that one and the... Um, the last guy talked about the ABLE Act, which which isn't which isn't law yet, but uh, sounds like it's got some great opportunities for us, tax wise. Did you uh, um, did you get all that, Rick, about the ABLE Act? Oh yeah, I can tell you all kinds of stuff about the ABLE Act. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we we actually spent um, Thursday visiting with um, oh, that's right. members of Congress too. Uh, so before this even started, we on Thursday we were visiting with your what your Congress members to talk about things like the ABLE Act and funding in the NIH and uh, uh, restraint and seclusion in schools. So uh, not to get off the topic, but the ABLE Act is is huge because it lets your kids save money and our kids have the right to save just like any other kid does. And you know, when our kids have birthdays and they get money for their birthday, uh, they're not allowed to really hang on to that because if their assets go beyond $2,000, they lose their Medicaid uh, benefits or health benefits through Medicaid. So what we're trying to do with the ABLE Act is is basically set up account that an account that works just like a 529 savings account. It's based off of that model, um, and it just give it the money that goes in there. Uh, 
you're allowed to use for everything you need, like um, housing, education, transportation, uh, a lot, any of life's necessities. ABLE uh, stands for achieving a better life experience. And uh, it doesn't let you lose your Medicaid benefit. It's basically a 529 plan for life. Right, and it's it. th- that's pre-tax, right? So you don't get taxed on that money? That you, uh, or is it tax-free when you... Uh, so, so you're taxed on the money, your contribution that goes in, as it grows, it's not taxed. Okay, and so then, it's not like, like a 401k, it's like a Roth IRA, basically. Yeah, you, so you're already paying taxes on it. Right, okay. It's it's like a it's like a 529 plan. Yeah, it's you know I think you the, you don't have to pay taxes on the gains, but I think they will have to pay taxes when they take it out or when they when they spend the money. Right. So I guess it's like a Roth. Well, it's no taxes it's, when you when you spend the money, and it's no taxes on what's being gained in it. So, right, but you but so, you but, but you pay like for it with post tax dollars. But it's not like a like an FSA account where the money gets deducted from your salary pre-tax before you get taxes taken out. That's right. Right, right, right. It's post-tax dollars. Well, anyway, that's just the plan. What you know, what I got from that is that you know that's just how it's written right now. You know, it's not signed yet. These guys could do last-minute modifications. You don't know what's going to come out. Yeah. So they said the likelihood of this being added right now. They have 22 sponsors in the Senate out of 100 senators, and they have about half of the House. Uh, members, and which is really good it, with, when you're looking at um, the uh, you know the two sides and how things are split in today's uh, Congress. Um, so it's advancing and it's a bipartisan effort. Everybody's everybody says this is a good thing. The only thing that's negative against the ABLE Act is the tax implica- implementation uh, implications. Uh, the ABLE Act goes through. Um, the Senate Finance Committee and the House Ways and Means Committee, which is just all tax-related stuff and money coming into the government. So not to get too technical with what we're talking about, but there's a score that the government gives uh, to bills that go through. And the impact of the ABLE Act is about $10 billion or $1 billion over 10 years. And it's about, comes out to like a hundred and some, you know, million a month, a year. Uh, So in the I, grand I, scheme, I didn't of things, think it sounded like a big number. Really right? small. It, it, um, right, yeah. I was going to say it, it. It didn't strike me at all. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it, you know, they 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 weren't taking into account the long term benefits of that. Right, and I don't know. If you were, I'm pretty sure they mentioned it in this, and I don't know if you heard it, Mark, but they were saying that the 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 thing that with the government is they don't look at long term, and that's a really hard thing for us to, when we're arguing uh, or promoting it is they don't look at long term they just look at what that number is and what that score is and what does it mean for the government tomorrow instead of looking long term of benefits as far as these people being productive members of society earning a paycheck increasing uh, income taxes that could be coming through and things along those lines there's a big push on employment of people with disabilities and how can you employ people if they can't save the money from their paychecks right right um, and, and, and this ties into the action alerts thing, and I wanted to ask more about this. I, I signed up. So, okay, this bill goes to the floor or whatever, and it's, you know, our group decides it's time for an action alert. And I get some sort of an email, and they say, call this number? <laughs> Is that how it works? It, it's incredibly easy. So they give you, like, the main ways to contact. So you can either phone call, and they give you a script to read off. So it's real easy. Or you email, 
with uh, text that they provide to you to help you. You can tweet um, or you can Facebook as well. So uh, whatever is the most comfortable way for you to talk to your member of Congress or use all of those methods to make sure you get in touch. But to I mean, them. I'm in Richmond. I could I could drive over there. Yeah, you know, I could get a I could get a, a car full of buddies. We could get ourselves a couple of clubs and uh, you know, show up at the door <laughs> and do some attitude adjustment if we have to. So, um, in my experience, they're very receptive. So everybody's really open and receptive to your comments. If you call your senator or a congressman, you probably get one of their staffers on the phone, and they just they take a message with whatever information you want to give them. And, and, uh, and make and, sure that that person gets that information. And what they're tracking is, okay, this is how much noise I'm getting. You know, and if they get a lot of calls, then they pass that up the, up the chain, right? You got it. Yeah, you um, know, I, I actually I emailed um, our congressperson a, while, a little while ago for one of these action alerts. And, um, you know, it, it was funny because her office is like three blocks from my house. And, like, we wa- we've walked past her office like a thousand times on the way to the park or something and you know i kind of just wrote this email like hey you know i never imagined i would be emailing you for anything but i walk past your office all the time and and i got back like a real personal response you know hey stop in we'd love to meet dexter and you know that would be that would be so cool we ha- we haven't stopped by but it's it, it was really really positive um, you should totally do that yeah yeah you know? but i think we i think we will yeah. Well, once and yeah, and Dexter is the key, right? So Dexter and Luke and Kayla, your kids really are the icebreaker there, mm-hmm. and pull them in. And once you're almost just like you would with your teachers in schools for your kids, you're developing a relationship with the staff of that uh, Congress member. Right, and who and, wouldn't love our kids, right? You know, they're awesome. Yeah, it works. All right, man. What about? Um Let's see. Uh, I guess I'll talk about one next. Uh, I did the um, the memory one with Dana Hale. Um, she's with the uh, Down Syndrome Foundation of Orange County, and uh, this this one was fantastic. Uh, first of all, I I didn't realize this at the time, but almost all of the ones I picked were with her. Her topics were incredibly in sync with what I wanted to see for Luke. Uh, so it was, it was kind of crazy that when I was looking through that, you know, the time and money and the teaching to read all came through her. When I got to the memory one, it was packed. I actually had to stand in the hallway until, you know, she kind of waved a bunch of people forward. They pointed out a few individual seats. I think some people still sat out in the hallway. I sat on the floor for most of this one. Uh, it was very impressive. You know, she's a very, uh, uh, energetic speaker, the materials she had were first rate. She had a lot of little video clips in hers where, you know, she had a video of her favorite, uh, who's a really, really good uh, therapist that was working with different children. Uh, you know, and they weren't all easy children. There were some, some children that were lower functioning to kind of show some, you know, course correction or whatever. And you kind of got to see the technique she was talking about happen, like, right on the screen she had the little videos. Uh, like I said, she was very energetic. Her material is very logical. I immediately wanted to run out and try this stuff. In fact, we tried it at lunch with uh, um, um, the the little packs of sugar <laughs> as the uh, like the memory cards, and we were we were doing this immediately. This this woman, I, I I feel that she was she was the belle of the ball. She was the one I was most impressed with. She was everywhere. Uh, they had all these materials that they had developed. 
uh, and they had them for sale at one of the little boots in the convention, uh, the exhibit hall or whatever. And I kind of thought, well, okay, so you know she's got some stuff that she's selling. But it turns out, all of this stuff they're giving away for free as PDFs. You know, they're a, a, a nonprofit organization, and they want to disseminate this as much as they can. Uh, but, you know, some people ask for it. They say, well, I don't have time to print it out and laminate it and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think they're making any money on this. So they got this whole system of teaching of memory. And the other one I went to was Time and Money. I think we both went to that one, Rick. And uh, teaching to read. This lady was fantastic. I'm going I'm to send her an email and see if she'll come on here. I don't know if she will, but. I did not get to meet her in person. There was a line every single time, and I always had a next thing I had to get to. I completely agree. Yeah, anything you see with um, uh, a Down Syndrome International or uh, the work that Down's Ed does, and just like you said, it's all complimentary. You can print it off or you can buy it from them. You get a lot of parents in those sessions that are like, I don't want to do a lot of work with this. Just let me buy it and let me get moving from here. I'll make flashcards right, kind of thing. Right. So, uh, so those guys are awesome. If you ever have the opportunity to listen to her or Sue Buckley or anyone else in that group, um, it's well worth it. So the memory one is like, okay, so it's not tied to a specific goal that we have like reading or math or speech, but you know, I, it makes sense to me, and, and, and of course she went through all the background for the whole thing, how it matters for everything. You know, remembering your phone number or, you know, doing math in your head, the difference between the short-term memory and the working memory. You know, she had the guy, the kid uh, remember a string of numbers. It was only three long, right? But then she had him repeat it to her backwards. And in order to do that, he had to take it, put it in like working memory and manipulate it and give it back. And you can see how much harder it was just to do that. And, you know, things like being able to hold three or four instructions in their head until, you know, it's the teacher finishes talking and they can start working on their assignment. Uh, the far-reaching impacts of memory. I found myself wanting to do this myself because, you know, obviously as you get older, you always wish you could improve your memory. Uh, I feel like the impacts of memory are far-reaching. So I liked, I liked everything she did in this, in this thing. I thought it was great. Pretty sure my wife was in that one with you because I, I remember her coming back and saying, yeah, I was memorizing this string of numbers and... If you just put them in groups of twos, everyone was remembering them a lot better. Right, ch chunking, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was good. It, 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 it was on another level. I'm sure every parent in the room was thinking, God, if I could only do this, I could remember people's names and all the things I could remember. Uh, all right, Rick, you got a favorite session you want to talk about next? Uh, well, the next one I went to after that was uh, sleep apnea. So... Um, and this was sleep apnea and the ear, nose, and throat. So it was presented by um, a doctor named Sally Schott from Cincinnati Children's Hospital. And um, she actually was a surgeon that does all of the um, uh, pulling out tonsils and adenoids and things like that. Uh, so it was really interesting hearing about, and, and things you may already know that we may know, you know, but. but Kids with Down syndrome are generally uh, smaller, airways are smaller, tubes, ears, everything's smaller. So she's talking just about, uh, you know, being prone to more ear infections and things uh, draining uh, not as well. So something interesting uh, she left from that session was that uh, when you have your kids' ears checked for ear infections, if they have tubes or not, uh, well, before I guess it would be before that, uh, to make sure that the doctors can see your child's eardrum. And if they say they can't see your child's eardrum because the, uh, the pathways are too small, you need to find 
either a specialist or another doctor because that's something that needs to be done and something they have to see because there could be small amounts of fluid or wax that could be impeding them from hearing things and it's definitely something that's treatable by the right ENT so uh, that was it that was a big thing I pulled from that um, let's see they said the kids uh, I, I, another big thing if they did if your kid does get uh, tubes uh, they're over four times higher uh, they, uh, they saw four times higher scores and hearing tests um, versus the population without tubes so that was another interesting thing to hear um, the, something that ties into um, ear infections is acid reflux I never would thought that would be the case but reflux coming up from your stomach can and, 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 um, irritate your throat and make its way all the way up to your ears um, so it's almost like a, a game where there's a lot of uh, contributing factors so acid reflux your tonsils the placement of where uh, your tongue is uh, your ears your sinuses all these different things that they're checking in different ways of uh, looking into the way uh, ear infections happen and then the way you sleep so uh, let's see she said also, 50% uh, of our kids have small ear canals, and a majority of all of them have smaller ear canals. That way they don't listen to us? <laughs> <laughs> I think all my kids have small ear canals. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I, the thing I took from it, though, really, is just that make sure you have your kids... Uh, ears checked out and you don't let that pass by so but the sleep uh, part it was it was another sleep part of this whole thing oh, too oh yeah so yeah so we're going to sleep apnea too so uh sleep test another really interesting thing um so she was talking about this the sleep apnea piece um instances of sleep apnea it actually uh from her uh history so kids three and under she saw um around i think it was like uh 60 of kids and then as they got older, the, in, the uh, percentages went up higher. And I think I have it written down here. Okay, so in the three to four age group, 60% of the kids uh, were had, had the symptoms of sleep apnea. Then going up to 18 years old, 80% of the kids uh, had sleep apnea. And then at 51 years old, 100% of the people uh, showed symptoms of sleep apnea. And, and, and um, this is the kind of thing that, you know, if the child's not rested, they're not going to do well at school. This is a contributory factor. Right. So they're, and they said, she said some of the things you can look for is if your kid's sleeping with their chin extended, uh, so like, like with your head pointing up away from your body, or if they're sleeping and bent over, like uh, with their head down by their knees or their feet. Sometimes these are uh, adaptations or adjustments that their kids would be doing to compensate for uh, airway obstruction. So trying to open that up more so they can get a full breath kind of thing while they're sleeping. So it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what's happening, but there are things to look for. Um, so uh, with that, she said uh, they're recommending sleep studies for kids with Down syndrome. Um, her way of treatment today is if it looks like something like that's happening most likely they're going to take your tonsils and adenoids out first before the sleep study that's usually the first um uh, treatment that happens and then she said after that 
they would do a sleep study to see how well um, you're breathing at night, how much oxygen you're taking in, and the quality of sleep. You know, uh, we did that sleep study on Luke. It was, you know, heavily recommended. My wife was, you know, trying to tell me these these same statistics about how prevalent it is, and I I knew my son. And I was like, he sleeps like a rock. Everybody in my family can sleep like a rock. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I truly doubted it. But, you know, like anything else, you're not, I'm not going to take any chances. Uh, if there's p- possibly a problem, then you got to get it fixed. But we had to go to the sleep center, and, you know, this guy glued electrodes all over my son, including this thing that hung down in front of his nose and something that hung down in front of his mouth that would test, like, the, the uh, carbon dioxide going in and out. Like a clip on his toe that constantly took his pulse or his blood, alcohol, blood oxygen level or something. I mean, he was hooked up like a cyborg. And uh, I, this is something that really could have been awful. I mean, I can picture a lot of parents, even even with my son, who sleeps really well. I was sure this was going to be a cry it out all night long kind of a thing. And he, he, he took it. So... Uh, I'm not saying that everybody else will get that lucky. We, we, we got lucky. He watched cars and fell asleep with all this stuff stuck to his head. I c- still can't believe it. Uh, but, yeah, I had to sleep there in the center with them. It was like, kind of like staying in a hotel room. Uh, no Wi-Fi. It was awful. But uh, we were both tired. We went to sleep. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was easy. And they said, yeah, he sleeps like a rock. I was like, well, okay, there you go. Hey, well, you know your kid the best, right? So uh, yeah, they say that, but yeah, you know, even afterwards, I, I wasn't willing to take a chance. So no, I I, okay. I, I, I was in agreement. Did, did he have his tonsils out first? Then or is this, no. did he have the sleep study first? He had the sleep okay. study first. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting here. And then I guess, but I think that's what you will hear uh, from different you know, as we try to iron this out more. And they're trying to put a, uh, a you know like a, a recommendation out from all doctors that say that sleep studies are mandatory for kids with down syndrome i'm not sure if i think that may already be the case but i'm not 100 sure i think that's what it was i think it was you know that it was okay this is the next thing on the list you have to get and we're like but he's they're like we don't care you know this is on the list you got to get this done yeah i gotta tell you i have i have sleep apnea and um i can't imagine a four-year-old or it, with all those wires hooked up it's a lot it's a lot so i mean to go through that test is is it's probably hard for a parent to just see your kid hooked up to all those wires. I don't know. Maybe you know the kid doesn't mind that much. And sure, I'm, I'm going to sleep, whatever. But uh, for me, it's a lot of wires hooked up to me. You made fun of me, Jason, for not being a good Facebooker because I <laughs> used my phone for this. But I did. I actually put out a picture of that on Facebook because basically because I was trapped in a hotel room with nothing else to do. Uh, so yeah, it was. It, you, I mean, if you look back, I guess far enough. I don't know how long it keeps it or whatever. You can see a picture of it with all the stuff on his head. It was awful. Yeah, a necessary so evil. So to this again is just like you said. You know, if you can get a good night's sleep and you're rested, you're that much better the following day. You're that much more alert and aware and participating, and uh, you know, uh, more likely not to have behavior issues uh, throughout the day or at school or things along those lines. All right, so um, you good on sleep, buddy? Yeah. You're making me tired just talking about gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also did uh, Time and Money and Teaching to Read. I'm going to lump these together because they were two more from, from the same woman, Dana Hale from the uh, uh, DSFOC. Um, I guess that's where she's from. You mentioned Downs Ed. Is it kind of a combined kind of a thing? Rick, I'm hoping, uh, you, you've been yeah, so knowledgeable. I was kind of guessing you knew that. Uh, t- time and money was useful. It was a little bit beyond where, where Luke's age is. Uh, you know, I took a few things from that, like uh, 
get a good clock. You can't learn time from a digital clock, only from a um, analog. And they like the kind with the gears. So as you move the minute hand, you know you can kind of see them both move. Uh, and then you know the rest of it was common sense. You know, make a plan for the day. You know, show him this the calendar. You know, when you have something he's looking forward to, you know that's next Wednesday. You know, to look at it on a calendar so you can kind of kind of get used to it uh, and just keep reminding them about time. Money was harder. Uh, you know, I guess this is a real hard thing for some of these uh, uh, adults, you know, even these self-advocates, they have to master in order to live on their own. You have to know about money and, you know, get correct change and whatnot. Uh, and it's not that easy. You know, telling the difference between paper money and real money, you know, it's, it's, an, it's kind of an abstract kind of thing. The coins themselves are all screwed up. You know, there's the, the dime is smaller than the, than, than the nickel, even though the nickel's worth more. And then they went and put commemorative states and stuff on them, so they all look different. <laughs> Uh, but you know, she had some tools just like before that you could kind of download that had pictures of the coins and had ways to add things up. And the other thing I thought was cool with money was if you had the kid do some kind of coin math, you know, like, you know, give me this amount of change and three coins or less. There was a little coin calculator thing she had that was funny looking, like a little toy, called it the coinculator or something like that. And that, you know, you, you, you had it had like little buttons for each coin and then it would tell you the total and the kid could check his work. Uh, I like little things like that that are like little rewards. You know, we, we, we give out M&Ms. We give out way too many M's in this house. So, you know, I like little rewards like that that work out. Uh, and teaching to read was similar. Uh, th again, they had the materials. They had some um, some sight read. They, they, had, they had a process where it was, um, uh, God, I'm not going to get it. It was match, select. Oh man, I, I gotta go back to my thing anyway. But she, she, there was a process where they would sight read the book, you know, and then uh, there was a kind of a matching part where they took the pictures of the words, uh, and they matched them on there. And then there was kind of a uh, one where they had the pictures, and then uh, um, you had to kind of match them with a line, you know, where there was a one column on the left and one column on the right, and you had to match them with the line. And then you know when you got more advanced, you used the actual words instead of the pictures. Uh, and she had some good materials for sentence forming where, you know, it was kind of like a, um, a material that said, this is a, you know, it was like the beginning of a sentence, whatever. And then you could put different pictures. And then of course, if you flip the materials over, the word was always on the back. So you could do it either way. Uh, they were good materials. Uh, they were a little bit beyond Luke. Um, he's doing some sight word action right now, but not, not really the, um, phonic action, um, but again, she's a fantastic presenter. It's stuff we're going to use eventually. Um, very excited about it. She was recommending two apps in that too. One was called Jungle. Well, a lot of apps actually, but two that she seemed to push were uh, Jungle Time and Jungle Money, I think. Uh, so if you're looking for that. That's the time one, right. Jungle Time and Jungle Money. Jungle Coins, actually. Jungle, jungle Coins. coins. So, uh, and she had uh, some funny, uh, uh, and, and this applies to everything. Of using YouTube as a tool, you know, because uh, I don't know, uh, um, you know, my son is very musical. He likes songs or whatever, and that you know, that works with everybody, every kid. You know, uh, I remember learning the, 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 the learning the days of the week in Spanish. You know, lunes, martes, you know, whatever. Uh, she had a YouTube song for the days of the week. She had some, you know, for other ones, uh, and I think that works for just about everything that you have to memorize. And, and time and money have a lot of memorization to them, so. Uh, to just type whatever you're looking for into YouTube, and there might be a funny song there. Maybe you want to do that in advance so you're prepared 
doesn't come out with anything racy or anything by accident, but uh, that was a tool she mentioned as well. Okay, so that was uh, time and money and teaching to read. Uh, you want You got some more you want to go through, Rick? Yeah, it seems like we were both in the same one there with the time and money. So uh, that was I didn't see you. Though, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting, but I don't I don't. I don't think any of these ones that you guys have talked about are 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 on the live stream. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I know that 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 the one I'm I'm excited to see is a Libby Cumin one. Um, that's on live stream, and and none of these sound familiar anyway from from viewing a quick thing on the live stream hmm. uh, brochure. That's a shame. All these ones were packed too. The uh, Libby Kuman stuff is excellent, though. So that is uh, with speech apraxia and um, everything that has to do with speech. She is phenomenal. That she's, we've been to her uh, overviews in the past. So definitely worth watching and looking at. And she's extremely, extremely valuable. You gave me your list before the show, Rick, and you said you went to the one about. Um maximizing dads and the other one about uh i just have inclusive written in here that's something about uh inclusion in schools yeah so that was the stuff i did today and it seems like it was like uh, a week ago at this point but uh today so uh, inclusive best practices uh so this was um by patricia mcveigh who's out of the global down syndrome foundation and and she had a parent with her and they both walked through um just ways to progress through school and working with schools and working with administrators and working with principals. Um, and they were basically, um, the, uh, one of the presenters was a principal in the past and she has been, she said she's, you know, in the school systems for 30 years and just really gave us an, an, an overview of how to build a relationship with the school. You know, some of the stuff's pretty obvious. You know, you want to know the teacher, you want to be involved, you want to show them that you're willing to work with them, uh, but also, you know, make sure that, that you know that the school has some responsibility as well, and it's their job to uh, work together with you on, you know, achieving those things that you have listed in your IEPs. Um, the parent that was there uh, had, uh, from at least from my experience, a harder time uh, with the school system and she had some really good experience uh, good information along the lines of these are the things that you have in your corner and she's really had to push hard so um, as far as laws that you need to know uh, and understand and the things that you are able to say and, and push and be prepared uh, so she was uh, she was drawing a comparison to a baseball game um, and being an umpire and being a coach and helping people and helping the school and the teachers and um, the child get to the best uh, result. So I think uh, some of the things that I really got out of that um, was just saying, you know, um, you're focusing on the, the f everyone that's participating in the school and your child's education. So not just a special ed teacher but the general ed teacher and making sure that the situation's not coming up where uh, someone's saying that's not my student, even though they're in the same classroom, that that's not, if there's a parent in the classroom or a special ed teacher in the classroom with your kid, not not having the general ed teacher saying, oh, well, that's not, you know, my kid, that's not my main focus. I'm 
I have these other kids in the class and the special ed teacher, the para focuses on that child. When really uh, you want that child to be included in everything that the general ed teacher is doing when the special ed teacher and the para are assisting uh, just as needed, but uh, there's a whole class. So that's so valuable. It, it, it seems like a lot of stuff focuses on the benefits of inclusion to, to our children, but I had an interesting discussion with my daughter tonight about it. Uh, my daughter's nine. Uh, I talked about this with both of my children, but my son, my son doesn't talk very much. <laughs> He's, you know, more like, hey, dad, or whatever. But uh, my daughter opened up a little bit about it, and I asked her some pointed questions like, you know, do you have any of these of uh, uh, special education children in your class? And, and, and she said no. And she said, wait, you know, we have some in the, sometime in the phys ed class. I said, well, you know, what would happen? You, know, you met a lot of, a lot of you know, young people with Down syndrome this weekend. Uh, we talked to some of them. We were in the pool. We played with some. Uh, and it was wonderful. And I, it was good for my kids. And, that, and that's one of the other things I wanted was to expose my other children to this so that they weren't uncomfortable, right? So I asked my daughter after this great experience this weekend what she would do if, you know, let's say they brought the child in to, a, you know, a child her age. I was, said her name was Sally with Down syndrome and sat her down next to my daughter, whose name is Molly, and said, uh, you know, oh, well, you know, you have a little brother with Down syndrome. Maybe you'd like to sit next to Sally. You know, and I asked my daughter what she would do. And I was, I was a little disappointed in the response. <laughs> I love my daughter. She's a wonderful girl. Uh, you know, she, she said she was very honest. She said she would be uncomfortable. Uh, and, you know, that's just, and I asked her why, and I, it took me a while to get to the root of the problem. But it was simply a shyness issue of the whole, you know, walking up and saying, hi, my name's Molly, or, you know, I have a younger brother with Down syndrome, or, you know, how, what, what, what's your favorite subject in school, or whatever. Uh, and she, she, she admitted that she would have a lot of trouble with that. Uh, and I think a lot of kids do. So I think what's going to happen is they get these kids at school, and they're going to have their period of being uncomfortable, right? Then they're going to get over it. Once they get over it, for the rest of their lives, this whole harmony is going to happen. And, you know, the schools are focused on their standards of learning or whatever their standardized test is. They're not really thinking about this either. But I think the benefit to all the other kids and to society as a whole is huge. And it's definitely two ways. I, I want my daughter to have, okay, let, maybe I only know this now, but if I didn't have a child with special needs, I might not know it, but I would be better off having my child in a classroom with people who are more diverse. I think you're right Sorry. on. I'm going to get yeah. off my soapbox I agree. <laughs> and that's, you know, the, the interesting the thing. To add, that's not even just kids, though. The teachers themselves, too. If they don't have the experience of working with someone with Down syndrome, it's the same kind of thing. They're, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. And uh, they don't want to come across as not knowing what to do or say. So it's, it's approaching them and building that relationship with them. And, you know, same thing. Everything's comfortable eventually. And it's, it's just like anyone else. Just, you know, you're comfortable in that I mean, situation. I'll be honest. That was one of the reasons why I wanted to go. Or at the flip side, it was one of the things that I was kind of nervous about because I have not been exposed to, to, to many of these folks. And, you know, I'm a very, what's the word, outgoing person. I'm very sociable. But, you know, I kind of had my, my client face on, you know, when I met some of these people where, you know, because it wasn't at least at first when I would just go up and start talking to, 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 to one of these self-advocates, I wasn't naturally comfortable. Not till after I we had spoken for a few minutes or whatever, and then I, I got over it. But you know, I, I'm not blaming my kids in any way, shape, or form. Anybody's kids, you know, it's just they, they're, they're, you know, they are a little different, and you just you got to get over it. And it's at the end, you're like, God, why was that? What was I worried about? It's like, come on. Uh, 
So anyway, that was that was part of the learning whole thing for this conference for me and for my family. Uh, I think my wife is already over it, but uh, that's something I needed to get through. Yeah, and everybody has to do it, you know. It's, it's pretty thing. cool. This is the first conference for my parents, uh, so they're going through the same thing and the same same kind of story. And I, I think you know you leave you leave as a changed person. So yeah, I was definitely jazzed up. Okay, uh, um, one more on the list was uh, maximizing dads. Okay. Do you want to go through so, that? Uh, I mean, the last thing I went to was maximizing dads. So, dads appreciating Down syndrome is the acronym for dads. This is our good and, friend Joe Mears, right? We all know him. <laughs> yeah. So we had a whole pad- podcast on that already. Um, yeah. So uh, basically, it was a room full of uh, dads that were interested in the, the dads program, and. They stress it as a program. It's not a, a separate group. It's a program. It's a subset of your uh, Down syndrome association of your area. Uh, the cool thing they had uh, other um, uh, directors of Down syndrome associations in the uh, room as well to give other feedback. Uh, but basically, uh, a lot of the same things that Joe hits on. It was just uh, talking about what we need to do as dads to get involved. How to. Um, get dads that do have ideas to follow through with them and talk about it. One funny thing they said was dads need to come up with a dad's IEP. I thought it was kind of, so they were like just saying, you know, dad, to make sure that the goals for each dad member would, uh, they could be held to or, or spelled out. Um, but we'll have our dad's uh, IEP and our dad's, <laughs> what was it? The steak and potato happy meal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. Stuff. Dads are special. Uh, but uh, so, and then it was a little more on the relationship between dads groups they, and the larger organization as a whole. So, uh, Joe said it before you know, dads need to have ownership of what they're working on, they need to have autonomy, like, you know, they can't be, uh, they, need, they need to feel like they are contributing, and, and some, you know, you need to do more than just carrying things sometimes and helping out with buddy walks. And when you do. Uh, start contributing uh, more and and start raising funds for your local affiliate um, you need to have rules spelled out because then you're dealing with money and in some cases a lot of money he had the example of one dad's organization that raises five hundred thousand dollars a year wow. so my I mean, gosh you're you're, ta- you're talking a lot of money so uh, they have to set. They have to set up these uh, rules of incorporation, or uh, just a, a memo of understanding between the dads group and the uh, local affiliate. Just, just in case you know people change. You know, as yeah, far money's... as board members and leaders, so everybody knows what the rules of order are and what the organization is supposed to do and where the money goes and how much money stays with the dads group and how much goes back to the uh, organization as a whole. That uh, kind of money's dangerous. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there were there were two dads um, presentations as I saw it right there was like an intro and this was kind of like the maximizing dads it was like dads 2.0 if you would right exactly exactly well, man, uh, you're taking it to the next level because you're just that kind of dad <laughs> so it's interesting though you know it's just like yeah it's it's saying think about the things that you can do or what appeals to you the most and you know work on that and don't stretch yourself or don't stretch yourself beyond what you can do um but if there is a dad out there that says hey i think i can do something more i'm interested in helping a little more make sure you find something for that person to do that's in the background of things that they want to do 
and go from there. Yeah, and and, and I did get to meet uh, Joe in person. I went to our kickoff dad's program here in Richmond, and uh, he was here in person and gave his speech. I could hear it again. I did not go to the regular intro to dad's thing because I'm pretty sure that would have been the third time within like two weeks. Um, but, you know, uh, he gave a great speech. We had a great group in Richmond. We got fired up. And then, uh, then when I met him at the conference, I was able to kind of, you know, I had already met him, so I just kind of walked up and, yeah, he's a great guy. He did. He did target one population of dads that they were looking to pull uh, in more and and try to figure out ways we can get uh, these dads, and that was tied to divorce rates in the disability community. So they have a stat that they were saying in the disability community as a whole. Um, divorce rates are really high, and he said that in the presentation too. It was like ninety percent, but with of the population of families with Down syndrome, the divorce rate is the lowest in the disability community, but it's still high, at sixty-seven percent. And he said he's you know you have trouble getting the then uh, single dads to come to the meetings or per- to participate. And how do we get them involved? And how well, do we bring them yet in? to get the dads who are considering? Could get them before they break up, you know? Yeah, I think it's something I, I don't think of very that. much. But when you have a buddy walk, right, and if you have a divorced uh, uh, parents, you know, usually, you know, he, he was saying usually the mom comes and the mom is supporting. I mean, maybe you were lucky in the situation and they both get along and they all come together. Or he said, but when you have the situation where the dad has to have a team and the mom has to have a team for the kid, it's usually the mom having the team for the kid. So how do we get both of those guys out there and get everybody working towards a common goal kind of thing wow he's all right man he's 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 out there reaching trying to make things better yeah yeah they're tough tough issues definitely all right jason you got any questions that's that was your you know it wasn't it wasn't the 35 dollar streaming option but that was the free podcast version what did you think um it sounds it sounds amazing i mean i i really I really am bummed, especially after we talked about it last week, and I'm sort of bummed that we didn't make it this year. But um, because it's it is there, there is so much more that's available, and and being able to to pick and choose what you can attend um, rather than just what's available on the live stream is is sounds very worthwhile. Yeah, I would just add, yeah. you know, it sounds like from what you're saying, Mark, that we were focusing on, and, and you and me, sound, we sound like we were doing the same, like the dad, almost dad-focused workshops. So there are the other workshops that we didn't touch on that are like immensely popular are the, the physical therapy ones and the, the speech-related things. But I feel like my wife always goes to those, and I'm going to something else. <laughs> I don't know. So what about the apps? There's there's one that that's available for live stream that's... Um, and apps like web 2.0 and apps and iPhone and iPad and stuff like that. Uh, did you guys hit that at all? So they said that really the page you have to go to is this wiki that they created for a cumulative list of all the apps. And that is dscongress.wikispaces.com. And uh, one of the workshops focused on technology and there was a guy and I don't know his name, but he created this wiki page that has like everything listed on it. So if there's one web address you need to know, it's dscongress.wikispaces.com. Okay. Try that out. 
Yeah, I, I didn't go to that one. Uh, we have a, a jillion apps. Uh, we go through them frequently. I think we really have some good ones. Um, I've been considering this as a kind of a um, uh, a feature on the show that you know every every episode we should do a new uh, um, um, we should do a new app like an app of the week kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, I haven't quite gotten that far yet. I have a current favorite which I'm trying to find in iTunes right now, and uh, it's it's fantastic. If I could just. Are your kids at the uh, like monkey? Here it is. Yes, Mon- go ahead. Monkey preschool lunchbox. Yes, guys? yes. Pick a sticker. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, and, and you know he it, it 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 takes my my older son to do this. Uh, we underestimated him on some of those. You know, oh he can't do this one, but you know you sit him there sometime when you're in the doctor's office and he plays it long enough. You know he 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 was doing some of the puzzles and and stuff we wouldn't we weren't expecting him to do. Yeah, I liked it. The monkey preschool lunchbox. You want that to be the app of the week? Everybody well, seems to Whatever else is one. coming to the top of your head, sure. I, this this other one that's my favorite because uh, it kind of does two things at once. It's called uh, "Write My Name" by Ingenie. Uh, I'm looking at it here. The cool thing about it is it shows a like a, a a picture of a sheet of paper, like a like a ruled at the top and the bottom, and it's all caps letters, and you're spelling something like cat, right? Uh, and what it does is it gives you a grayed out version of it and a little orange circle with an arrow in it and the kid has to touch it with his finger and he has to trace out each letter. So, and it's a little bit of a fine motor thing as well as a letters thing. So to me, you're you're getting to it once because when my son, he's got to learn to write. So he's got to get a kind of a steady hand. He's got to get that fine motor going. And at the same time, he's spelling all these all these words as well. And, you know, we added words like Luke and his sister Molly, his brother Alex, daddy. And you even could put like, a, of course, the iPad can take a picture. So then, you know, when you set up one of those, you put a picture behind it and he can see who they who they are at the same time. So this one, I this one I really like. OK. And, and there's a third part of all these apps. If it's not fun and they realize that it's educational, then they won't pick it. In <laughs> uh, this one, he will he'll play maybe. 10 or 15 minutes before he'll say button 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 that means he wants to switch apps <laughs> okay so you got two this week well i'll send you the links buddy i can i can do that but uh I'll write my name and monkey preschool lunchbox it's just it's i i see i see other kids using it all over the place my, my older kids will even play it sometimes okay uh you got a amazing story of the week buddy Oh, oh I don't know, Jason. Did I, did, did I cut you off from your questions? I, I realized this just started from one of your questions was about the apps. Did you um, have more? No, I. You know, no, not really. I. It's. You know, I, we watched the we watched the opening ceremony, like I said, and and it was, it was it was very exciting to see um, the enthusiasm on on the organizers and and everyone and. Um, the um, the keynote speaker. It's just it's just still very hard to watch sometimes the the person the you know older people with Down syndrome speak. I mean you know, I, it, but it's it's so it's so motivating too, because I mean, Hey, it's hard to speak in front of a lot of people. I would be scared out of my mind to go up in front of a thousand people or 3000 people or however many thousand people and 
and speak and and you know the the I forget the the guy's name Christopher maybe he did a he did a great job but you know it's it's still very hard like when I picture you know future Dexter it's 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 so it's it's just still hard to grasp sometimes you and know, I don't know if you guys we you know got a lot of that I mean you know when you when you meet someone a face-to-face it's so much different than watching them speak on tv basically is what i was doing and and it's you know it's 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 very difficult to to speak in front of people but um you know i don't know it's not really a question it's just sort of you know that guy chris that you that you're talking about we met him i mean he was working the aisle that we were sitting in for the 10 minutes before the show and uh, before it started, and he had a suit on. He's a very, very short young man, but uh, boy, he was not shy a bit. His uh, he was incredibly easy to understand. He shook hands. He was he picked up Luke and gave him a hug. He had we just had a great time. Uh, and then we saw him again at the pool. And I remember his name. He didn't remember mine. Uh, and you know, I asked him if you know if he was gonna where he was going back to. We had a good ten minute conversation. Uh, he wasn't there with a the dad or anything like that. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm sure maybe he was there, but uh, not, we, he was at the pool, and at the, I, I didn't see anybody else with him the whole time he was there. So uh, yeah, he was really impressive. Yeah. But yeah, he read off of a screen, and and, and uh, you could see it, you know, as you know his his speech, he was reading it off the screen, and it was nice that it was on the screen so that you wouldn't miss any of it. Which a little bit was disappointing in that you know he, he his, his speech wasn't quite clear enough for that. But with that age, oh, so you could just, see what he was saying. I could see I could see what he was saying. Yes. Ah, okay. We were cheating. Okay, uh, that that would certainly help because yeah, that that was what's was you know a little bit difficult was was sometimes it was it was a little bit hard to understand, and and um, you know it's 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 just hard. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I think the whole future, you know, the future Dexter, future Kayla uh, thing is going through your head the whole time, you know, when you look in there yeah. and, and you, you see some some really wonderful examples and you, then you go in your head and say, man, did these kids probably didn't have the things that my kid has right now as supports, you know, while they're six years old. So... I mean, it's 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 each generation building on the next as well. I'm just thinking, man. I've, uh, sometimes I see this, and I'm like, it's just amazing things that could be happening in the future for our kids, um, and the potential. So uh, it's it's confirmation a lot in some of these cases. And you see some of these guys that are doing everything, living independently, driving cars, in relationships, jobs. Did you um, hear about one of them driving cars? Because that, that's something I've been kind of listening for and haven't heard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In fact, um, we were talking to uh, one of his, I, don't know, I think it was maybe his father. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Not driving. that any teenager driving a car isn't scary, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it definitely happens. It's definitely a possibility. And, you know, if you think with the supports that our kids have today, uh, it's more of a possibility for this generation coming forward um, just because they have all that available to them. That's what we're all headed for. Keep high standards, right? Um, yeah, and I, I bet you that's an underlying tone you probably got through all of the workshops is don't lower the bar. And your expectation is really what drives everything. Right. And as soon as you lower it, um, you're, you're doing a disservice to your kid. Yeah. 
So Absolutely. Like, a, a great example, real quick, is just you, you go into these IEP meetings and uh, going into a class, and they're saying the goal for the class this year is everybody's going to learn how to count to 100. And okay, uh, then you, they come over to talk to you specifically about your kid and, and your IEP. Uh, your child's going to learn to count to 50. But why are you knocking the number down to 50 already when we didn't even start trying to count to 100 this year? You know, So let's keep it where it is and see what we need to do to get the kid counting to 100. And then if we need to make accommodations throughout the year, let's talk about that. But They're just doing it uh, to make you mad because then they know you'll make them learn to make <laughs> count to 100 just to prove them wrong. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> right. We're going to learn to talk count to 150. Uh, all right. You, do you want to do an amazing story of the week? Did you have yeah, one prepared? You, or? Um, yeah, well, we can talk about one. You know, I, I, I haven't had a chance really to pull my notes together from the conference on all the amazing things I've heard there, but we can touch on one thing that happened last week, and this one uh, that we put up on the site is about um, a self-advocate, and his name is uh, Matthew Egan, and he earned a black belt in karate, and he has a, a really interesting backstory. It's, a, it's definitely a tragedy, but also of achievement. Um, so, um, it, it had a, a kind of funny beginning to the article, just saying that it, uh, after initially refusing to display his karate moves out of safety concerns for onlookers, uh, he eventually loosened up and showed off <laughs> a karate demonstration. You know he wanted uh, to. for onlookers. <laughs> so he's 26 years old, um, and he received a black belt from uh, Tiger Shulman uh, Karate Program. Um, and he was driven towards this by his mother. Um, he had a pacemaker uh, when he when he was uh, when he was a toddler, and um, uh, she, she, uh, his mother wanted him to have something that would keep him athletic, but without having too much physical contact. Um, this this program was appropriate. Um, but with that, uh, an interesting thing it. Uh, or just the tragedy in his life. The, this particular guy, Matt Egan, um, his father and aunt both um, died in the September 11th attacks on the World Trade Center. So this family experienced a personal tragedy that is horrible and things that you know we probably couldn't even comprehend. <coughs> um, and the mother was looking for something that could give her son strength um, and something to focus on, and she turned to karate. And um, she wanted to have him involved in doing something and have a venue um, to um, get that uh, positive information and get in touch with um, male role models at the same time. Sure, I mean, it's great for exercise and confidence and all that. Yeah. yeah. You got it. You got it. So, you know, you know uh, what movie we watched in the hotel room on Saturday night? The Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's from like 1980 something, and my kids, my, my my two older kids, were glued to it. Yeah, and your your kids probably think this is like this really old movie, probably. Huh? Oh right? God, yes, yes, <laughs> they didn't have. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. All so right. He, he was training since 2002. He achieved his uh, black belt, and um, and uh, the karate teacher just said he trains as hard as everyone else, and wanted to make sure that he got the recognition for doing the work uh, that he put into it, and. And all of the times that he's trained, and he's trained sometimes every day of the week with the with the dojo that he, he never had him, never saw him not put in a hard day of work. So, so you uh, can find that story and many more wonderful stories like it on our favorite uh, uh, blog <laughs> site called Down Syndrome Daily, which Rick hasn't plugged yet. 
which has a story almost every day. That's uh, Thank at you. least as cool as this one. All right. Uh, you guys want to do moments? Sure. Uh, I'll jump in and start. My moment, and I had to choose, and I thought about this while we were driving back, uh, does not include my own children. I know I'm, like, violating the rules or something, but uh, I was coming up, the, and you can picture this, Rick, I was coming up the escalators from the exhibit level, and at the top there was a couple. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm painting some background of these people because I didn't even know them, right? It was, a, it was a man and a woman. They were maybe in their 30s or so. I'm guessing they were married. If not, they were a couple, or they had to be close friends. But in in my head, in my little backstory I was creating for these people, as I was people watching, they were married. And the the husband, as I'm picturing him, had the uh, had the map out, and the girl was pointing to the map, and they were giggling about something. As they came down the escalator, I was uh, I was rudely staring at them because I had this little yeah, you know, it because it, it just struck me. It was such a they were they were a cute couple. Uh, you know, they were obviously completely independent. They looked just like what Kim and I would look like uh, as we were arguing about where we're going to go next and making jokes and whatnot. And it was just, they seemed so happy and they seemed so capable and they seemed so normal. It just, it was, it struck me as the, as the moment of the weekend for me that, uh, you know, as we were talking about, you know, we were, we, we, we were getting through all of that and, uh, all revising and re-revising our expectations for our own children and that's that's what I wanted right there it's fantastic yeah that's pretty great there was lots of couples like that this one just happened to strike me I'm sure there was more than that but alright buddy what's going on over on the left coast there Jason oh not a whole lot not well you're not just coming back from the beach again well, I did go to the beach today. <laughs> it's been it's been warm, you know. The the thing about it is in San Diego. Wait, you know you've lived in San Diego for too long when it's like seventy eight degrees and you think how hot it is. <laughs> um, and you you go to the beach because it's been like seventy eight the last week or so, and and it's finally our 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 warm spell. You know, I mean, no one. I don't I don't know if anyone if everyone knows this, but you know, uh, within. 10 or 15 miles of the coast here in San Diego, it's very rare that, that houses have air conditioning or even even really good heat because, you know, in total, there's maybe three weeks in the summer and three weeks in the winter where you need, where you would ever even really use it. So you just kind of open your windows and let the cool breeze come in at night and are you just rubbing it in here, buddy, or? I'm just, you know, just, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess I'm rubbing it in a little bit. Cool, cool. It's hot as heck in my room right now, but uh, that's just because we don't have a window fan in this room. But um, This room so, gets really hot because of, the, because of the computers, and my wife makes me shut the door. So by the end of the <laughs> podcast, I'm usually, you know, sweating my butt off. Yeah, yeah we feel for you jason <laughs> yeah <laughs> what, oh. what a shame it went all the way up to 78 today oh that's yeah, terrible. you know it's tough <laughs> okay so about the moment with dexter so i was i was thinking about that so after we got back from the beach today we gave the kids a bath and and dexter was just sitting there in his um diaper just hanging out and he kept 
saying he kept making this new sound and so you know we've been we've been kind of um uh, getting on the speech uh therapist and getting on ourselves and just really getting a little nervous you know because for a long time he hasn't made many new sounds he's been stuck kind of on the d and the h sounds and and hasn't been adding to his repertoire and and so today he was he was working on this new sound and he was he was saying it over and over again we were sitting right outside of, of the bathroom um and i was trying to colette was in the shower and i was trying to figure out what he was saying and i and i couldn't figure it out and then and then um and then I realized, well, we, we realized that Claire came out and we were both sitting there trying to talk to him like, what are you talking about? And, and he was saying cat. He was saying cat because we have a cat and, and the cat food is in the bathroom. And that's one of his new new things now, too, is he books for it, goes right for the cat food and, and you know, knocks it over, tries to eat it or whatever. But but so he was sitting right outside the bathroom door and, and saying cat, cat. Cat. Because he wanted to get in oh, and eat and eat his little vitamins. Yeah, <laughs> you know he's always, he's always making the the food or the milk sign. So now now he can you know self feed. Dude, that is awesome. So cat. yeah, so it was it was it was really good. Really Write that good. down and, in and the I baby book, man. What's that? Write that down in the baby book. Yeah, yeah. It's it was it's it was really good. So so how many words? We think that's like you know. How many how many words do you think he has? Does he do mommy and daddy? He does. He know he knows. I mean, you know, I mean, you learn about this in in a lot of the speech stuff. But he knows a lot of words. Like he understanding level is is way higher than than his communication level. Um, and he know. I I don't even know how many words he knows. He certainly knows. No, Dexter, don't do that because when he's crawling for something, he just goes faster. Check those ear canals, like I yeah, said. That's awesome. No, um, no children can hear. No. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. He says a couple. Head is. He definitely loves to say head. That's probably his favorite word. He goes head and puts his hands on his head. <laughs> that's awesome. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, I don't know. He's got a couple. Dad. Uh, I just wondered if like cat was like the first or the fifth or the tenth or whatever. He definitely says Eloise too. It doesn't really sound like Eloise, but it's more like Eloise. Hey, you know, look, Adrian. There. Right. Yeah, and <laughs> and it's 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 pretty funny actually to hear him say that. All but right. it was good, very good. All right, Rick, we made you go last. What do you got, man? Uh, um, mine's a moment from the conference. There, there were a ton of awesome moments with my daughter during this conference because she's six and she's a little more interested and she's really interested in, in parties and dances and tonight I was just I was just she didn't even go to bed tonight until like right before uh, like 10:30 because for the past three nights there were parties that she was at and dancing the whole time and uh, this one particular moment just stands out in my head although there were a, a ton of examples um, the, the Bruno Mars song uh, the when I see your face you're amazing just the way you are kind of song. Um, I happened to have her on my shoulder at the time, you know, you put your kid up on your shoulder maybe and dances, you know, she can see what's happening on the dance floor and I uh, had her up my shoulder and she's like pump, doing like fist pump and uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know who Brad Hennifer is or not, but he's uh, he's the, 
he's uh, tagged with being the first person with Down syndrome to play. Have two varsity letters in sports and basketball and golf in high school, and he's a self advocate. If you get a chance to look at him on YouTube, awesome stuff. So he's up on the stage dancing with a bunch of the uh, older guys, and he sees Kayla and starts pointing to her, and she's pointing back at him, and they're like making like the the heart sign with their hands at each other. And it was just like the coolest thing ever. So I don't know. It was a pretty cool moment. Uh, just watching the interaction of people uh, at the dance and just seeing this guy recognizing my daughter uh, uh, on the dance floor there was pretty cool. So. Dude, there was some serious energy. I didn't go Saturday night, but Friday night it was it was packed. I mean, it was it was it was riled up out there, man. It was awesome. I will tell you, dances at those conventions are probably the like the best. Uh, dance you could probably ever go to and they would have the most participation of any it's like a mega wedding if you could think of it yeah uh, a, a lot of times they have, like, so they have this awards banquet and then they have a dance after it and they have to move all the tables like out of the way because the dance floor area just takes up so much space it's, it's awesome it is awesome all right what do you say man that's our uh our hour and twenty minute update on the, uh, <laughs> wow. on, the on the convention. Uh, no, I think I think it was awesome. I, I was totally jazzed up. Um, I hope that uh, we were able to bring uh, some of that to you guys, and uh, you can look it all up. You can pay to watch some of them. Uh, Jason, if you need any notes, we will have them for you. Obviously, um, there you go. Anybody? Yeah. Anything else? Uh, hopefully, we can all meet up in Denver, right? Next year, twenty thirteen. Right. Right. I was gonna. I thought it was gonna be somewhere in California, close to Jason's house. We could all, you know, crash at his house. But uh, no, we'll have to. We'll have to rent, and then each day we'll do a, um, like a spin the bottle for who has to watch all the kids and put them in a in, a, in, a, in their own spot. You know. Um, okay, so let's plug some things. We got uh, uh, Down Syndrome Daily. We mentioned obviously DownSyndromeDaily.com. Uh, that's Rick's uh, baby, and it's fantastic. If you put it on kind of automatic. You know, uh, uh, maybe even your home screen, then you kind of get a little bit of news at pretty much every day. Yeah, you can do an RS feed and just get the updates or email updates. Fantastic. Right off the site. And uh, uh, downrightawesome.com, uh, which is uh, uh, Dexter's blog. It's also, they were kind enough to host us for our downrightawesome.com slash DSR is where you'll find us. I'm going to continue to nag Colette here. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're the only updates here. I it feel, for, I feel uh, bad. It for Kayla's blog there. That was a monster post. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, watch out. Watch out. Hey, thanks for motivating my wife to get that done. Yeah, it's, uh, awesome oh, drop. did she get one? It was a really nice great day. post. I mean, there was, I, I read through pretty much everything and looked at all the pictures and stuff. There was a, a lot of stuff going on in your house. Uh, she's she's having a great year. Definitely. It's been a, it's been an awesome year. And it, it's so great to watch, you know, watch your kid grow up and... Got another kid on the way in two months, so life's gonna change, again. man. <laughs> I love it. Uh, be tired. Uh, obviously, you know we're uh, downright downrightawesome.com slash dsr uh, available on iTunes. Uh, just search for Down Syndrome or uh, Down Syndrome Radio. We would love it if you would uh, um, give us a review and uh, click the subscribe button so that you're downloaded every time we do an up uh, new episode. That'd be fantastic. Uh, is there a way, uh, Jason? I was going to ask you this on Downright Awesome for people to post comments or whatnot. There is, you know, we turned it off um, 
after a while because there was just really a lot of spam oh. um, that was being put on there. A lot of, yeah, just junk stuff. So pretty much all junk stuff. Um, okay, well then. I will look into, yeah, I'll look into. into send Jason an email. He's Papa Jason yeah. on the thing. <laughs> or yeah, Facebook. Or Facebook, right? Um, I, when, I, when, I, when I do engineering fatherhood, ours has the comments turned on, and it does a good job of filtering them all out. I think. Does it really? Uh, well, I don't know. It, it'll say, "Oh, we stopped 180 spam ones," and I look at all the ones on there. Not that there's that many, but uh, you know, they're they're mainly they're mainly real. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to do the feed burner thing as well. Looks like. Fifteen, oh, we drop down, man. I don't know how it goes down. If everybody clicks subscribe, it should keep going every week to week. <laughs> like I said I don't, I don't understand this thing. Okay, so well, um, one thing I can say is for those fifteen people, if you like what you're hearing and you appreciate the stuff that Jason and Mark have done, make you know, reach out to your friends and share the word, or post it on Twitter, or Facebook, and just uh, share the share the word that this is out there, and it's a great thing. Yeah. Okay, so I got a different last song. I'm not sure if I got the right song, but I'm trying to do this in uh, uh, in honor of the closing song that they did today. Rick, I'm going to play this, and if it's not the right song, I'm going to turn it off really fast. Hang on. It is the right song. Can you tell? Because this beginning part I don't recognize. This is the right song? Yes, yes it is. Oh, there you go, yeah. We're jamming out to this song. It actually was an encore up. So. Yeah. We were up. I mean, I was up there with Luke, but I, I didn't want to go on the stage. We were kind of hovering nearby. Same with us. <laughs> we must have just been on opposite sides. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to email some of these people that I met, and we'll see if we can get us a real, real cool guest next week. If not, you'll just have to listen to us again. <laughs> I love the way they ended it. It was, uh, it was all about the children. You know what I'm saying? Sacrifices I made for this podcast. This, this song was a dollar twenty-nine on <laughs> Downright awesome. Gonna reimburse me for this, Jason. Sure. make sure I end this just on time because if I don't we're going to be listening to Flirting with Disaster by Molly Hatchet which is not appropriate <laughs> you work, come on, let you go.
Michelle, you guys have a great week. You too. Jazzed up this week. You too.